following podcast is presented by Secret Room Multimedia. Fairpoint. I'm Craig Lewis. And I'm the one they call Nathan K. That one. And today, we are continuing along a musical path. We're taking a look at a nice quartet out of Irvine, California. A barbershop one... quartet? No, just a uh, string. Nope, not even that. Nope. Oh, uh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that, was, that was for you, Craig, and you, the listeners. I just felt something tingle in my britches. First one's free. You just get a taste for free, right? <laughs> no, the band Thrice. Today we're looking at the band Thrice, you say? Not once, not twice, but a band so nice they named themselves Thrice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, they're kind of this, uh, what would you consider them? Post-hardcore? That's, I guess, band, uh... technically what uh, their earlier work is considered is post-hardcore. I always called it aggressive punk, and that's not a real subgenre. So <laughs> I, Honestly, either is post-hardcore. That's just like... Well, um, it gets well... used enough, and it is. It becomes one. I guess they do have some uh, hardcore elements to their music. They do have a lot of punk elements and roots. Uh, they got old... They grew up. They changed their sound. Well, I'll talk about that later as we go through their little discography almost. Yeah, I listened to uh, one of their albums a lot in high school, and then I just kind of fell off. I honestly never gave them another thought other than that album, which still had rotation sometimes on my nostalgic high school memories playlist, but not really in my day-to-day listening, you know, until I met you. Who was at the time a huge fan, right? Yeah, and you introduced me into some of their newer stuff that might have been around a little before the Alchemy Index came out. When did Uh, we get into it? We'll get into it, because we're going to have to talk about the Alchemy Index, which I would consider probably their magnum opus. Really? Well, what they wanted. It It was their big conceptual design of an album. But as usual, we don't jump headfirst into the topic. Well, we do. We just spend a lot of time standing on the diving board, hyping ourselves up like, okay, I can, you can do this. You Wait, can hold do on. This. Hold on. Hold on. Forgot my swim goggles. <laughs> hold on, guys. Nope. I'm sorry. You're going to have to get back up. I have to come back down the ladder. I need my swim goggles. Hold my place in line. Please, please. I don't want to see anybody moving on up and going to my place. All right. Now I'm back up there. So yeah, so getting uh, ready to dive. So some some diving board banter for you. I've uh, I've been watching a couple shows recently that I thought we could talk about. Actually, what I I've okay, actually, I dove headfirst into the Netflix pool and have uh, been. Uh, have you just been recently watching Netflix stuff? Yes. Can I, I take a guess? Judging by one of your Facebook posts in the last month or so, was one of it Orange is the New Black? Yes, I've been watching Orange is the New Black. I was curious about that because I saw you post something and I was like, huh, I didn't know he's seen Orange is the New Black. Have you watched it? Uh, yes. All of it? Yeah. Well, really? two seasons that are up, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm only a few episodes from the end of the second season, so don't say anything to me. Uh, I have no idea. The third you actually season comes it. out shortly, right? I think in the summer, maybe. Summer makes sense. I enjoy it. There are some times when it gets a little slow and soap opera y. Like, I don't need to see you and Donna talking about your feelings for 30 minutes. You know, yeah, uh, let's get to the shankings. You've got like, <laughs> this is a prison movie. <laughs> you've got like 64 different characters that I'm following right now. I'd like to see one or two of the other ones. Well, no, yeah, I guess that does make sense. I, I really dig the characters, and I really dig when the plot is moving forward and thickening. Um, Not a huge fan of Jason Biggs. No. but <laughs> I could take him or leave him. He doesn't bother me. He doesn't really do much. There, me watching it, I had some of those... Why does this prison allow this to happen? <laughs> like, I know it's not maximum or anything, but... 
part of it is that suspension of disbelief, and part of yeah. it is like, okay. I well, get that it's minimum, but they really would be like, all right, convict, you stay waiting in this car with with a the with the car on. It's the same people that work for like the Gotham police force that haven't figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. So you're talking about the Gotham police force from the show Gotham, right? Because that's even worse. Either or, yeah, both. It's gotta be worse. They're just like, uh, eh. I'm tired. But yeah, no, I like it. Uh, a weird, interesting comparison I'm sure nobody has made is that there are uh, points in it when it reminds me a lot of Watchmen. And okay. The, yeah, which is interesting, but sort of how Watchmen does the one issue forwards the plot, one issue has a lot of flashbacks and delves into the psyche of one of the major characters. And they seem right. to do that, maybe not exactly alternating back and forth, but... You'll have some episodes that go back and you see the past of the characters and learn more about the characters and then episodes that drive it right. forward. So in a way, it is similar, I guess. And even in a way, it reminds me a little of that, the way that like heroes would take these characters and throw them together and line them up differently, you know, like line them up differently. Like the, these guys are working together now and then this happened and like these guys are, I don't know, I like how in the second season especially, it's sort of evolved into this, you know, yeah. like the characters are sort of grouping up and doing the doing these things and this plot's building and I dig it. I'm and definitely now this is happening hooked. and it's gonna happen this way. Um I I gotta say, I'm not a huge fan. Uh my girlfriend is the one that's <laughs> oh, I was gonna big say, into Orange is the New Black. Just watched two full seasons of it. Yeah. I probably missed episodes here and there, but I got the general gist of it. And you know, it's 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 not a bad show. It's definitely not a bad show. Far from it. It's it's quite a good show. It's just, you know, like you said, you have to have the suspension of disbelief. There's some points it's just like you don't have me taken into the world where I will give you that suspension quite yet. Okay. Or but it's 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 not bad. It has I I can see why a lot of people like it and why it's very popular. That of course was the main reason I got on a Netflix. I watched a few episodes and I wanted to finish and that's the only way you can. Tell me more, tell me more. So I, I did also catch up on a few things. I finally watched the first few episodes of Parks and Rec, something I've been meaning to do for first a long time. First few episodes ever? Yeah, I've never watched it before, yeah. Oh my god, that show is so amazing. That's like also, one of my favorites. Freaks and Geeks. Never watched Freaks and Geeks before. Freaks finally and watched Geeks. the first so few episodes old, yeah. of Freaks and Geeks. Caught up on the last few episodes of Futurama, which I was late to. Ooh. And I've got to say, very... Uh, awesome! That show's so fucking. I was great. unaware that you weren't that you hadn't seen it like when I saw it back I when had it no first spoilies, aired. but it was great. It was good. It had a real yeah. The ending was perfect. They well they they it can function as an ending or they can keep or going. a continuation. And they said they would if they got picked back up. Maybe you know maybe it's a good thing that the show keeps getting canceled because that way the writers aren't getting tired and wearing themselves out and forcing ideas and the show's not wearing its welcome they have a few years in between to think up new ideas right, and they got like, a couple years and for it to feel fresh and new again when it comes back and the writers are so intelligent it has so much heart like you know what i mean absolutely and, and at the same time hilarious and edgy yeah. while still being incredibly intelligent and heartfelt preaching about, about one of my favorite animated sitcoms seriously i love it uh, one of the main things I was really hoping to find was something I'm pretty sure I discovered on Netflix. Maybe not. Maybe it was on demand. But Todd in the Book of Pure Evil, I've already watched. It used to be on Netflix. Yeah. I've already watched the first full two seasons, which is all there was. But I've been rewatching it again, and it's so great. I, I found out recently. So wait, it, it's not on Netflix anymore? Is that what you were saying? No, it's not on Netflix. Okay, yeah, because it was on Netflix when you first told me about it a couple of years ago. That's probably where I was watching it. For the listeners, definitely check it out. I feel like if you dig thrice, it's probably at least worth checking you dig out. Thrice, it's up your alley. You, you would love this horror comedy thing that where they have a metal band. Yeah, they're not exactly a metal band, but I feel like if you're into music like that, you'd be able to appreciate like where the show's coming from. Well, I really like Thrice, and I also really like Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, so maybe you're onto something there. Yeah, it's a show about this kind of pothead, metalhead teenager in high school who fights the Book of Pure Evil with his friends. I kind of describe it as like Buffy meets Metalocalypse meets Jay and Silent Bob yes. meets Scrubs meets. or something. I don't know. It's very, it's cool. Meets Scrubs, huh? I don't know. It's got that kind of sitcom-y 
vibe to it, but it gets fucking epic. No spoilies. And apparently, even though the second season ended on a cliffhanger and the show got canceled, they've uh, crowdfunded or crowdsourced a animated third season, if you will, as an animated movie to close off the story and, and bring everything to its rightful end. Great news on that. I Great can't news. fucking wait. While you were discovering and looking for things on Netflix, I did a little bit of discovering myself on Netflix recently. I, Nathan, swear to you, I've finally like, found... you're not Nathan. <laughs> I, comma, Nathan, comma. <laughs> no, you're not Nathan. <laughs> I am talking to Nathan. <laughs> Look me dead in the eye and tell me, do I like anime? You'll say no, right? Because I don't like anime. I found an anime that I fell in love with and watched the entirety on Netflix. Okay. Death Note. So good. Oh, yeah. You, so dude, good. There's other animes you would like. Probably. Man. Now, but now I've, I've broken the ice now. I've broken that barrier. I can allow myself to actually enjoy an anime now. You've watched some Miyazaki movies, right? You've watched like Howl's Moving Castle, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Didn't like it? Oh, I liked it. It was yeah. No, you'd, you'd probably dig Helsing, which is uh, about this vampire that like kills people for this. He well, he kills vampires. He hunts vampires for oh, this so like family. It's pretty cool. He's like Blade. Well, the uh, family has him like under their control, like kind of with this like Solomon seal or something. I don't know. It's been years since I've watched it, but like he they he, they like force him to do their bidding, kind of. Cool. Uh, so listeners, please. Write to us, send to us, tell me, knowing that I now like Death Note, what animes should I check out? I think we both... I'm considering Attack on Titan. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're just going to get a flood of emails saying Attack on Titan. Both of us should probably buckle down and check that out. Yeah, I've been meaning... I've actually now been meaning to. That was going to be the next one I checked out. So you're cheating if you write in Attack on Titan, write in something else. And did you hear the, I know we're not quite into news yet, let's use this as a nice little transition, a nice little couple steps forward towards the edge of the diving board to ease us into news. Did you hear the big Netflix news, Craig? We're wait, 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 late. hold on, hold on. I forgot my swim cap. I have to go back down. <laughs> hold that thought. <laughs> okay, continue. Prepared. Netflix is developing a live action Legend of Zelda series. Oh, I did. I did. What? I am both petrified and excited at the same time you know i hope this means nintendo's gonna start coming out of their shell with their characters and taking more of these risks and, and well it's good they're putting more. the faith in netflix because they seem to be one of the you know the producers of shows that have given a lot of care to what they're creating their own original content they describe what they're shooting for with this Legend of Zelda series as like a more family-friendly version of Game of Thrones. I thought you were going to say like Game of Thrones, but a little more like Lord of the Rings. No. <laughs> so a family-friendly version of Game of Thrones. What would that even... Does that mean there's going to be more incest? Less incest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you went the other way. Yeah, I, less incest, less killing, more knocking out, I guess. <laughs> now get this, Craig. What if Nintendo was building their fucking cinematic universe? Around Netflix? What if they were like, first Legend of Zelda, then Mario, then Samus, then we get the Smash Brothers movie? Like Avengers. Oh. They were like, let's take the Marvel route like everybody's doing. Please, uh, please, please do a Star Fox one. That'd be fucking awesome. I want Star Fox. I want... Uh, Oh, then they could have the Wacky Races Nintendo Mario Kart show. Like, There we go. It's all falling together. We're just making it up, but it's still falling together. You've got the Pokemon <laughs> Origins movie that just came out. That could be your, your starting point for Pokemon. Get a Mario cartoon in there, man. Star Fox, Metroid. There we go. Show me your moves. Nintendo, as Captain Falcon said, moves are GTFO. Because we're all about that news. About that news. Two O's and a Z. E. N double O Z E? Yes, news. N double O to the Z E. Jay Z, why? Why, Jay Z? Oh, I'm starting off the news, by the way. This is just a lot of letters. N O J Z Y. What is going on here? Well, looks like Jay Z has a 21 year old child. What? 
Blue Ivy is not 21. No, no. This is actually from a pre-existing relationship before he got famous. Uh, says rapper, I think he's a rapper. Says Mr. Rymir Satterthwaite. Satterthwaite? Yes. Mr. Rymir Swatterthwaite. Mr. <laughs> Which Mr. Thwaite. That was Mr., not Mr. Mr. Rymir. Rymir? Rymir. Okay. Satterthwaite. Satterthwaite. I think. <laughs> I think that's what his name is. Is this a real name or is it some weird name with this like is, rhyme in it? No, this is his name, apparently. This is what he's going by. But, but that's what I'm. <laughs> Jay Z is what Sean Carter goes by, but a, Sean Carter's a real name. Jay Z is, is, is a okay, made up well, name. It's the only name that was included. <laughs> well, Ramir could be a name. Exactly. I don't want to make fun of it if it's a real name, but if it's like, oh, you put the word rhyme into Ear. a name, into Amir or something, I don't know. Just let, let that be his name. Okay. <laughs> so what did Mr. Rymir do? He claimed Jay-Z's his poppy. Oh. <laughs> and he has, quote unquote, legal documents to back up his case, but previously claimed in a civil suit that Jay-Z used bogus falsified documents to kind of destroy his case and say, I'm not your daddy. So basically, this guy is saying is Jay-Z claiming lied. Jay-Z is dodging child support. I, or something. It's like, Dad, Dad, I don't want much from you. I just want a studio. <laughs> Will you just produce my next album, please? Well... Rhyme, maybe he's rhymier than other rappers. He's rhymier. Yeah, he's more rhymy. Not just rhymier, but rhymier. Yeah, he's rhymier. Uh, one rapper that he probably is rhymier than, Vanilla Ice. He's not doing a whole lot of rhyming nowadays, is he? No, I think he's just like want, trying to be like Fred Durst as much as he can, looks-wise. Oh, yeah? And relevancy-wise? Yes, both. <laughs> well... Mr. Ice was arrested for burglarizing a house next door to this house that he was doing renovations on. Classic Ice Man. So my initial thoughts were like, oh man, that's what Vanilla Ice is doing now? He's doing, he's renovating houses? Like, that's, and then, then I, B&Eing. <laughs> then I realized, no, it's, it's even worse. He hasn't stooped so low as to just be working renovating houses. It's even worse than that. He, he's doing reality TV now. He has a TV series on the DIY network called The Vanilla Ice Project where he renovates houses, which is oh. even worse than just having a job renovating houses. Right. Well, he was also on like um, some of the other VH1 shows. He's been on VH1 shows for a while. Yeah, that makes him less relevant. Like even less, he, he would be more relevant if he was just some random independent contractor than if he was doing a fucking every appearance you make on VH1 makes you less relevant. And even though he's on VH1 renovating houses, he's really using the renovating job as a cover to case them and then break in later and take out other shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, then maybe he should have been patient because he fucking robbed the house next door, took like their bicycles and shit and stashed it in the house he was renovating. Yo, that's an awesome bike. (laughs) I needs to get me on that. I'm just picturing him coming up, doing the whole cool as ice act. (laughs) (laughs) Ring, ring, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, cool as ice. He's like, "Mm, bicycle? Nah, I'll turn this. I'll pimp this out, make it a Kawasaki. Do you know who Neil Blomkamp is? No. Or Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp. Nope. Don't know who he Uh, is either. He's the guy... He's the guy that directed District 9 and uh, Elysium. Elysium? Okay. Matt Damon movie, future movie. And he's uh, the new one, Chappie, that's coming out. Chappie. Is that the one about the robots? Robots, yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'm really interested in seeing it personally, but I love District 9. Still haven't seen it. I need to. Oh, it's really good, yeah. It's produced by Peter Jackson, right? Yeah, supposedly it's an allegory for apartheid. Okay. Well, a few months ago, he just posted a very cryptic tweet. It was just some concept art of an alien, oh, uh, so xenomorph. It wasn't like an actually cryptic tweet where we had to decode the... Because <laughs> <See>, <laughs> no. that would suck. If the Rosetta Stone was only 140 characters, how would we ever decode it? Right. <laughs> got to think ahead, Twitter. Think yeah, about Twitter. the historians. Historians ain't going to give a shit about Twitter. All you got to do is make it 300. That's all we need. Just double it. Uh, no, and then Sigourney Weaver responded to that tweet and said, I'm down. I'm game. 
So it was a picture of like a xenomorph, a xenomorph, like yes. from the movie Alien or Aliens. Yeah, Ridley but it was Scott. like a new conceptual design thing. And uh, Sigourney Weaver says that. And now, just recently, we hear that it's been made official. There is a new Alien movie coming out, and he is slated to direct it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Sigourney Weaver shouldn't have been so quick to just publicly be like, I'm down. And then a couple uh, weeks from now, we find out that in this new alien movie, the aliens, Reboot without her? The aliens are actually going to be turtles. <laughs> no, it's a Michael Bay production. <laughs> Why? I'm just picturing the chest burster scene and the guys, oh God, <laughs> screaming and then bam, and this chest busts open with blood born everywhere and just the most adorable little like turtle is like poking out like his head a real life shell, turtle like, you know when the turtles just like open turtle. their mouths and they're like <laughs> yeah, it's like so cute <laughs> and the, the rest of the crew is like oh and then it's mouth underneath it punches them in the eye <laughs> one of them reaches reaches to pull them out of the gaping chest wound and they're like don't not without gloves you might get salmonella <laughs> right for real well, so long as they don't like take any ultrasounds of this baby turtle while it's inside him and post those onto social media, because that can be very dangerous, Craig. Um, everybody's okay. favorite Looney Bin, Pat Robertson, wants us to know who um, he's like a reverend or something. Pat Robertson, but he's the guy, a Looney Bin. Yeah, he was the guy that said like gay people are going to go extinct because they can't reproduce and like. Oh. <laughs> It's interesting when when somebody who is so firmly against theories of evolution uses words like extinct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe in extinction. I just don't believe that those who are not fit and now, adapting to their environment die out. Why can't I just pick and choose things from science? Dude's that like, I would say is okay. I don't believe in evolution except when it applies to gay people. Becoming extinct. When it applies to things I don't like going extinct, I'm totally behind the reasoning of evolution. Um, Pat Robertson warns that if you are posting pictures of your ultrasound on Facebook, like a lot of people do when they're having a baby and they're real proud and excited, they want to share it with their friends and family, um, you're opening yourself up to evil people or witches or even demons that will be able to curse your baby. Why? How? Now, you, now they have a picture of its ultrasound. They can well, curse they, it. The, the demons, if they really wanted to, they don't need Facebook to find <laughs> these photos. <laughs> they could just go, mm, oh, there's a pregnant woman down here. I'm going to curse the baby. Let's get real. Jesus is like, damn, 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 damn. There's nothing I can do about this. <laughs> that real. baby is fucked. You, why did you put it on Facebook? You know the terms and agreements. I mean, just because you have the app, Zuckerberg's listening to your conversation right now. Your phone's not even on. You're an idiot. Now just delete Facebook. Sisterhood of the traveling Yaha motherhood pants just fucking cursed your baby because that's what witches are all about. They're just like, let's curse this Wait, random baby. I think you were name dropping a movie, but you didn't say it right. And then... <laughs> Which I'm not sure what the real saying is, but I just know what you did was wrong. <laughs> the sisterhood of the Yaya mother pants, maternity mother pants. pants. I don't know. Oh, oh, is that why you're bringing this as a part? Because it's maternity pants? <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know that's what Wicca and paganism is all about. It's about feminine empowerment and just f- fucking over other people's babies for no reason. <laughs> and finally in the news this week, White House advisor John Podesta tweets... Finally, my biggest failure of 2014, once again not securing the hashtag disclosure of the UFO files. Hashtag the truth is still out there. Huh. You know what that means. Aliens are real. Barack Obama's a reptilian and your baby is fucked. Baby is totally fucked. They're already they're already implanted. They're in the White House. Oh my god, John Podesta, you you are onto something. So that, this was his failure was not telling people was his fail. His failure was not getting the government to disclose what they know about UFOs. It's OK. In two months, he will be found dead of a heart attack. So I wonder, is he just trolling? Are we supposed to believe that he legitimately knows something and is tweeting about it and, and that it's all good, though? Or is he just like a believer in this shit that got 
to be one of the advisors of the president and still thinks government is is hiding secrets from them. This he's like, he's might, like, Barack, I'm telling you. This might be a really stupid question, but I thought politicians weren't allowed to lie on social medias. So it's got to be true. Well, it's subjective. It's it's not a lie. He said his biggest failure of 2014 is not securing the disclosure of UFO files. Well, the, the where he could have lied is whether or not there actually are UFO files. Well, of course there are. That's not really debated. Oh, so but, they definitely have UFO files, but whether or not sure. there's something out there is of course. yet to be determined. Yeah, whether or not the government is whether or not the government's having a correspondence with aliens, you know, that They've been helping us out for the past 50 years. I don't know. That's not really up to debate either. No, they're not. Moving on. Moving <laughs> forward. We're all about that space, about that space. No shuttle, full dis- no disclosure. What? No I shuttle. Said Obama, he told me, don't worry about the skies. <laughs> Those documents are classified. <laughs> I'll sit here and protest. I'm slightly offended you did that right before one of my favorite bands are starting to talk about here. No, we're talking about Thrice, one of my all-time favorite bands and my favorite band for a period of time in college. Nice. I was really into Thrice probably around the same time, maybe my last two years of high school. Yeah. When did, um, it was 2002 that Illusion of Safety came out, right? Right. Correct. Well, actually, yeah. then that means that you liked them before me. Okay. Because it was uh, right after Artists in the Ambulance came out. They were touring for that. I didn't really know who they were, but I was going to a show in Rochester at the Harrow East Ballroom and Theater uh, in Rochester to see Thursday. Oh, Okay. And it turned out it was a triple headliner tour. It was Coheed, Thursday, and Thrice. I used to be into Thursday as well, but then I definitely didn't come back to them. Right, like I really I haven't come, come back, back to them, but War All the Time is a fantastic album. Yeah. I'm just going to put that there, out there. But I went to this show to see them. I actually, we got there late, and Coheed was the one that opened that time, so I missed Coheed's set. That's the most awful thing ever. And it was before I was a fan of Coheed, too. So, like, I had told you the story about my first Coheed concert last week with iPod when we were doing our playlist. And that was actually after this concert, which I should have seen them, but I never did. Oh, so it was like Final Destination and shit. Right. Kind of like it was supposed to happen, so I saw him again. Yeah, you had to. Um, so the second band on t- that night was Thrice. Thrice played a set. I rocked the fuck out, not really even knowing who they were. And I, before I knew it, I was just like all over the place and excited, wanting to see more about this band Thrice that I had never heard of. And I uh, actually almost missed Thursday's set because I was more interested and preoccupied in buying their album at the merch table. And Sweet. <laughs> but I got back in there. I got all my swag and stuff that I wanted. Great times. <gasps> Good bands. So thrice, as we said, this whole kind of punk, post-hardcore, screamo, whatever you want to call them. They're not, I don't like calling them screamo. They definitely have some... I don't even think they would fit of... into the screamo category for what that's worth. They've now become more moved into like adult alternative later on in their careers. Okay. And yeah, I mean, the band's been around for almost... Tw- hey, what the... F- I'm gonna let y'all finish. I'm gonna let both of y'all finish. Whoa, whoa, I'm whoa, gonna let Kanye. both of y'all finish. Kanye, but, what hey, the hell are you doing... Up. Y'all know this episode should have been about Beyonce. Don't even try to front. Can, can I please? No, don't even try to front. I'm just saying. This is just wrong. This is res- disrespectful to musicians. Truth. Musicianships. So every podcast should be I'm about I'm a genius. Bae. Beyonce should have had this podcast. What if we did a podcast about you? I'm going to have to run that one by my lawyer. <laughs> I'll tell you later, donkey lawyer. 
Oh, man. How are you famous? All right. Get the fuck hey, out of I'm, here. I'm not your Beyonce. Huh? I'm just playing hope. Love you, Kim. Okay. Wow. Before we were so rudely interrupted, um, this podcast is about thrice. Oh, wait. It's not about Beyonce? <laughs> nah, it's not about Beyonce. For some reason, I feel like it should be about Beyonce now. We should totally do an episode of Be- about Beyonce. I'd be down for that. But for now, we're talking about thrice. Uh, basically, back in 1998, Dustin Kensrue and Tepe Teranishi. Yeah, Tepe. Tepe. Who would become the guitarists of Thrice and lead singer, respective, well, not respectively, vice versa, orderly. Yeah. Uh, Two big chunks. Those guys were attending high school in Irving, California. Uh, they were involved with a band called Chapter 11, but they ended up, whatever happened, whether they quit or the band dissolved, that band didn't work out and they ended up forming another band. So then they were just kind of jamming and they found out about this battle of the bands and they were just like, dude, we need, we need a band. So Tepe knew this guy named Eddie. He's like, friend, Eddie could play bass. Okay. Like, okay. They're like, well, what about drums? And, you know, Eddie, you know, Eddie's like, cool, whatever, chill. He goes, well, my brother plays drums. Like, all right. Why not? Can't hurt. And do they have the same lineup to this day? Yes. Awesome. That's so cool. Same four. And they, the thing was, they didn't have a name. And they really needed to think of a name. Well, basically, like right before they ended up going, I'm not sure if it was for this Battle of the Bands or for a gig. It was. But it was, it was for battle the Battle of the Bands. Of the bands. Yeah. They still didn't have a name. And they were talking to one of their friends who was bragging that he had beaten the game Frogger twice. And Dustin Kensrue was just like, yeah, pff, well, I'd, I've beaten it thrice. And that just kind of became, they're like, bam, that'll be our name for tonight, for the Battle of the Just Bands. for tonight, too, yeah. And they kind of were liked, and people were calling them thrice, and they're like, damn, it's stuck. Uh, it's funny, because in a documentary, Dustin was like, unfortunately, it was thrice. We just came up with one something on the whim. But honestly, I fucking love the name. It's great. Could have been worse. They could have called themselves Pearl Jam. <laughs> I think there was already a band out at the time. Well, I'm saying, I don't know. I feel like Pearl Jam was just like this grunge band that didn't think they'd ever be famous because <laughs> they were making music like that before it was big. You know what I right. mean? And then and they called themselves a euphemism for semen. And <laughs> then they became famous. and They're like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Let's hope it takes another 10 years before anyone catches on to what our name means. So after they were liked at this show, uh, they had a chance to play another gig. Did they win the Battle of the Bands? Uh, they never really spoke about it, so probably not. Or maybe the, it was one of those Next battle of the bands that didn't really have a winner. It was just a showcase of talent. Like It's like a, you know one of those, oh, but we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so you all win. They won most improved. <laughs> 110% award. Most likely to succeed. Well, what do you mean? We didn't win the contest. Wouldn't the winner naturally be most likely to succeed? Well, it's just... There's a funny little thing about them. They started off playing for charity because the admission to their first actual gig was just a canned good to give to the homeless. That is so cool. No way. And that is something that to this day, every single one of their albums they have ever released and and made money off of as given uh, money to a charity, part of their sales to a charity. Dope, dude. I dig that. I had no idea about that canned food to get in. That's awesome. Yeah. And they were doing like some pay-to-play shows and shit. Well, that was right after they did uh, First Impressions. First Impressions was the EP they recorded by themselves in 1999. They made a thousand copies and sold them out of their fucking sold cars. Sold them out of the cars. Ray Liotta and shit. You're like, I got a bunch of uh, discs in the back. You want to check out this album? Five bucks. Here you go. Here's one dollar to the homeless. He's like, oh, I don't got five bucks. Can of cream corn will do. <laughs> To the homeless. Cops pull him over. Why is your back seat full of cream corn, sir? <laughs> cream corn and CDs. What are you doing here? <laughs> this charity boss. Something suspicious about this car. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. I got my eye on you. And the bassist, Eddie, uh, actually said that he missed those days of, you know, just getting uh, food donations for, for playing and like, doing all the other gigs and stuff like the small time stuff that they did because he said uh, he just could have a carefree nature because there was no expectations. Nobody knew about this band really yet. They hadn't popped. So he was like, I don't have anybody to impress. 
you know, nowadays everybody has all these expectations and it's, it's more nerve wracking now where, you know, the rest of the band's like, yeah, man, it's, it's tough being there and nobody knows who you are. And now you got to win this, these people over. This is, that was the most stressful part of my time. Eddie's like, I was just jamming <laughs> and eating cream corn, eating tons of cream corn. What? You were supposed to be eating that. What do you mean I wasn't supposed to be eating it? This is what we're getting to play. That was for charity. I thought that was how they were paying us. Oh, that is how they're paying us. But the whole point... Oh, my God. We'll talk after the show, Eddie. So another big player in uh, the band Thrice is they're a manager, unofficial manager, big super fan. Nick Bogardis. He's the guy that had the connections and was just, you know, he loved Thrice. So he was trying to push it on everybody he knew he could think of, you know, calling like up all these local, all these small local indie labels and stuff like, listen to this, listen to this shit, you know. And like, well, that track sounds all well and good, but how many times have these guys beat Frogger? And he's like, I got one word for you. Yes. Hold on. I, sorry. It was. I just got to look at my, through my, thrice. Thrice, you say. <laughs> and that was what finally got them signed. Yeah. The fact that they had beaten Frogger that many times. No, yeah, right. Just the name was the only reason. They're like, do you have a, do you have a demo? No. What? No, they're good. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. They're my favorite band right now. Uh, but they got a deal with Subsidy Records. And while playing those small local shows, you know, they got some connections with other bands. Uh, Paul Miner from Death by Stereo got them into a good recording studio to record their Identity Crisis, their first official album. Okay. That was really big for them. So now they're with a label that has a clause in your contract that you have to that you have to donate 5% of your sales to a charity of your choice. That's pretty awesome. Subcity Records. Subcity Records. What were they? A uh, local indie record. Yeah, they were a small or? little indie record out of California. Okay. <clears throat> small little fun fact about Thrice: the first, the first charity that they decided to donate to was the Critterton Services, which I guess was something that helped out single parents, and you know, which was a charity that actually helped out children and you know single families like single parent families single families <laughs> as opposed to double families or triple families would you call that a fama three no a famicon <laughs> oh, no 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 super famicon got it so in 2001 the band started working on what would be their first release for subsidy records this album is also the album that i listened to by the band um i've listened to a, a few of their other things too but this was the album that i fucking loved in high school and i can still listen to and really this get into. is the album this their album that to me is what thrice really is their you know, iconic their, definitive album their first album was great don't get me wrong you know i loved 11 of the 12 songs or was it nine out of the 10 songs i don't know but this album illusion of safety which would release in february 2002 oh man um to awaken avenge the dead um betrayals a symptom the red um, death the red death which had the lyrics to the title of the album a Living Dance Upon Dead Minds. The Beltsville that, Crucible. Yeah, that's a great one. A Living Dance Upon Dead Minds and To Awake and Avenge the Dead were the two that I listened to the most. Oh, yeah. Still would. I fucking To oh. Awake and Avenge the Dead. They really had a killer ending there, the trio. To Awake and Avenge the Dead, So Strange I Remember You, and then the Beltsville Crucible to, to finish the album. They're such great, like... Summer nighttime, walking around by yourself, listening to headphones songs, which I did that a lot in high school to get to and from places. I still do. But... And they use a lot of like philosophical talk in these in these songs too. Yeah, when when you're in like eleventh grade and you're writing awful poetry, and they're doing this whole like weird surreal like. But Shirley does not forget. Sleep cannot be photographed. This is a trivial labeling of punctual brains or something like The fuck does that mean? <laughs> but in 11th grade, you're like, deep. Yo, this speaks to me. Shortcuts <laughs> through graveyards. Uh, funny story about them recording this album. They did it in Brian McTurnan's basement. He was one of the producers that worked with Subcity Records. They were flew him out to DC to record this album, right? Yeah, he they missed their flight because 
they changed the flight numbers and either nobody told them or they were just too high and didn't realize it or are they uh, a bunch of droves a bunch of draw dark to be elves? honest some of them look like a couple of them look like they are and i'm pretty <laughs> sure but there's you know i can't say for certain that could be you know defamation of character and i don't want to do that to those guys because they're awesome because if they're not i don't know Hey guys, Friendly Neighborhood, Nathan from the future here. If you didn't listen to our Driss the Orden episode two weeks ago, you're probably totally lost and have no idea what we're talking about and might suspect that it's slightly racist. Uh, you would be right, but it's only slightly racist against a fictional race. We're talking about the Drow from Dungeons & Dragons. We discussed them two weeks ago, and in our twisted little imaginations, they were a race constantly beleaguered by these offensive stereotypes that they were just big potheads, mainly because the name of their race, the Drow, sounds like a slang word for marijuana. That's all it is. So, uh, yeah, go check that fucking episode out, you slacker. It's, it's a good one. You got... Yeah. Back to the show. I don't I mean, know for cares? sure. It's not, yeah, it's none of our business. It doesn't make a difference. But whatever. It's just... You do you, Thrice. They missed their flight, and they had to catch a next one. And so they just, like, get in at, like, 6 in the morning. And then the guy wakes them up at, like, 9. <laughs> Come on, guys. Time to record. <laughs> And Brian actually said that uh, the song, The Beltsville Crucible, was actually written while they were there recording. And it was all about the, the process of recording this album and uh, their personal growth as people, you know. And this was their first big deal, you know. This is our big woohoo, to do do. Yep. True friends stabbing in the front, you know, shortcuts through graveyards, like I said, because he, he, the guy literally said that they would take a shortcut through the graveyards. So these are lyrics to the song. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and go rent like 30 movies for 20 bucks at Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> That's them growing. <laughs> uh, Pre-Netflix. Right? And a brand new way to be 3,000 miles just to learn because they, you know, flew across the coast from, east, from west to east coast. 3,000 miles. I didn't know you were a Vanessa Carlton fan. Shh. <laughs> So then Thrice inevitably signed with a major label. They signed with Island Records. Yeah. Uh, Island was like, whatever it takes, we need this band. Oh, yeah? They're going to be huge. They beat Frogger three fucking times. I don't know if you guys heard. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're named like that. Isn't that brilliant? We need them. Johnson, no one gives a shit about your fun facts. That's why they're named. What matters is that they fucking beat Frogger three times. We need them on our team before Interscope gets a hold of them, before Virgin gets a hold of them. But what's funny is they're like, whatever it takes, we need to get them. And Thrice goes, okay, will you do a charity match like we're doing with Subcity Records? And they're like, okay. So now now they have the deal with this record where all their albums are going to charity. And he was like, also, cream corn. Can you pay in cream corn? Eddie, it's fucking stop. delicious. <laughs> I bought this one myself. That's not yours. <laughs> Nobody buys cream corn for themselves. We talked about you eating at meetings. So now they're signed by Island Records. Big deal. Big deal, guys. They released the artist in the ambulance, which, as I had said earlier in the story, <laughs> that was my first time experiencing thrice. I just imagined that this wasn't the name of their album, but that this was a chapter in their history. They released the artist in the ambulance. They opened the ambulance door. They said, be free. You're free, artist. <laughs> Salvador Dali ran out, arms spread, skipping gleefully. <laughs> no, no, no. Because what happened was Dustin goes around to the back, opens up the door to the ambulance, goes, you're free. And then Dustin comes out of the ambulance. <laughs> It's a metaphor. Blow your fucking 11th grade mind. <laughs> so deep. Oh, my God. This was the one with, like, the melting point of wax. It was a favorite of mine because it tells the story of um, Icarus. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And there's a lot, I feel like, that's about big corporation and corporate greed um, in the on this album. Their first album with uh, the major label. That's funny. 
Yeah, right. I mean, there's the first song is called Cold Cash and Colder Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Um, Under a Killing Moon. Oh, my God. Keep your mouth shut or else we'll kill you. Basically, it's like the message <laughs> in that one. Stare at the sun is like was like the anthem for like losers that are like, yes, I am due for a miracle. I'm waiting for a sign thrice. I can feel it. It's not it's never going to it's never going to come. Sorry. <laughs> You're wait forever. Yeah. Uh, do you know that song, Stare at the Sun? I don't believe so. It was almost like, I'll keep staring at the sun, uh, and I won't close my eyes till I understand or I go blind. That's a bad <laughs> idea. Craig, you've never watched uh, Nirvana the band of the show, have you? No, but I, I don't think he was being literal about have, staring at the sun. Have you seen The Dirties yet? The Dirties? Yeah. Uh, well, I am Dirty 30. No, the movie, The Dirties. I recommended it to you on this podcast a while ago. You no. still haven't watched it? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to. You really need to watch it. It just goes um, to show. I'd... And then after you've watched The Dirties, you got to go to nirvanathebandtheshow.com. And that is what the guy who created The Dirties, he did this like web series beforehand about a band called Nirvana The Band. And uh, it's okay. I follow you now. It's great, but you should really watch the movie first. I don't want I don't want to spoil your introduction to it. But yeah, it just reminded me because there's this part in Nirvana the band, the show where they're celebrating, and one of the guys is like, "Everybody stare at the sun." And then you jump cut to them outside of the hospital. He's got bandages over their eyes. He's like, "The first thing they tell you in fucking first grade is not to stare at the sun." Bad idea. I anyway. recommend it. There's a recommendation this week, folks. Back on track. Thrice. Where were we? Oh, they beat Frogger three times. So. No, that was a while ago by now. Uh, I, I mean, this is like 2003. No, but now here is where the band starts to take a turn. Uh, for, for the worst. No, I don't think it's the worst necessarily. <laughs> Just not my cup of tea. Right before they started to change... They released a compilation album, which had that documentary on it that I've used for most of my research, a lot of my research here. Uh, it was called If We Could Only See Us Now, which is a lyric to the song So Strange I Remember You. Oh, okay. Off Illusion of Safety. Okay. Uh, they had a few B-sides. They had a couple live performances and even a few covers. Uh, one of my personal favorites, they covered Eleanor Rigby, and they did an amazing job at it. Who's Eleanor Rigby? Uh, it's a song by the Beatles. Oh. Yeah, I mean. Pfft. Yeah, I've never been that big into the Beatles. Sorry. <clears throat> well, Eleanor Rigby was actually my favorite Beatles song. And then my one of my favorite bands at the time does my favorite Beatles song. I'm like, shit. Well, even if I'm not that familiar with Beatles, I still lose music geek cred for not recognizing a song titled by one of the biggest musical groups of all time. So that's. Negative one point to me. Uh, Keep going. Plus two to Craig. Yeah, well, how many times have you beat Frogger, Craig? None. It's what I thought. How many times you beat Chrono Trigger? Oh, you don't even want to know. Eh, how I don't many know. times you beat... Honestly, three or four, maybe. Still more than me. How, how many times you beat Dragon Age? Yeah, take that. And this compilation album really came out to promote their new album, V-Issue. V-Issue? V-Issue? God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> It's based off of a book called V, which was author Thomas Pynchon's first novel. Uh, it's about a U.S. Navy sailor who joined a group of pseudo-Bohemian artists and just like they're trying to figure out a, mer- a mysterious entity who they know as V. I don't know. This book seems confusing to me, but that was my what I gathered from the synopsis. Okay. I jumped places. I don't know. This album, they got very spiritual... Uh, they they were heavier, but they almost lost like their punk flair. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they changed their sound a little bit. I liked a lot of the songs on here, but it was just like to me, it was like I was listening to a different band, but the same lead singer. Okay, does that make any sense to you? Yeah, because that's what all their. I mean, honestly, no, all their stuff didn't really. It doesn't even sound like the same singer when I listen to their new stuff, and like really? when I hear, I can still hear Dustin's voice, like 
from his old albums to the new ones. When I listen to Illusion of Safety, I don't even think of it as being the same guy who released, like, for example, the Dustin Kendrew fucking uh, oh the solo, solo stuff. Or like... I loved that though. I was a big fan of that, and I was really into folk at the time, even. So it was cool that like he's doing something way different. And... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there that I do really like. I I just don't hear that voice at all on Illusion of Safety. Fair enough, because he's not like screaming and stuff. And no, I, singing he sings on that album, but surely does not forget. Like I just don't. I, it doesn't even sound like the same person. So to me. strange, I remember. Oh my god, no, no we're, we're not going to get into this. We're not going to just start See, singing. Basically, the point is that New Thrice to me sounds like an entirely different band. Oh, to you, absolutely. sounds like a different band with the same singer, but singing differently. Like I could just pick up the fact that it's him. Mm-hmm. Totally. At this point, now they've released two albums under Island Records. Well, three counting the compilation one. At this point in our history, not 2015. Correct? No, yeah, yeah. At this point in, in the history that we're at, I guess. So by now it's becoming apparent that what Thrice wanted to do creatively and what Island wanted from them in their contract were, have gone now in two completely different directions. Thrice wanted to experiment and grow and mature, and Island was like, we want that hard punk sound. We want that hardcore. And they're like, no, we're not. We're, we're changing. We're growing. We're all, we're all human, man. We're all about that bass. We're all about evolution, man. We do like the bass, though. Eddie, Eddie, you tight. So they got out of the contract with Island Records and signed now with Vagrant, who was like, who was like yeah, sure, do whatever the fuck you want. You know, you're, you're thrice, you're very accomplished bands, you know what you're doing. And this is when they announced that they were making four EPs and selling them in two different uh, albums. Like a double disc EP was, will come out now and then six months later, another double disc EP, parts one through four of the Alchemy Index. Yes. So it was like two double albums that made a whole collection of four EPs. It's, it's hard, it's confusing. It is, and... <laughs> It's pretty each, straightforward, but... Each album uses a different element for their inspiration in yeah. the songs. Fire, water, earth, air, and... Heart! Heart. No. I don't know what happened to the Heart EP. It got lost. They, they make it big. And, it, became, you know. it became Dustin Kensrue's Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that exists. That was his second solo project. I've never listened to it. Is it traditional Christmas songs or new Christmas songs? He has two new ones and then a bunch of traditional ones. Oh, okay. Is it good? It's folksy. I love I mean, Christmas if you albums. Like, so. If you like Christmas albums, you like these Christmas songs, and you like the sound of his voice with an acoustic guitar, you'd like it then. Maybe a little bit of piano. But what you might not know about each of these discs is that the final song of each one was written in the form of a sonnet that depicts the relationship of man with that particular element. And they're all in iambic pentameter. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead and listen to them again. Get the concluding rhyming couplet that they throw in there. They're all like similar like that. Very cool. I yeah. had no idea. Which is interesting because, I'm sorry, but the C one is my least favorite. I don't know if you've listened to them. Have you the listened to the whole C, Alchemy in- Index? Which, which would be Water? Yeah, Water. Um, yeah, I have, but not in years. Digital C was probably my favorite one on that, but the rest I wasn't really feeling. I could tell, though, what they were trying to get from it. It was very calming, most of the album. Uh, the Fire one was heavy and hard, and what I closest thing I would get to Old Thrice, really. And then Earth and Air were very folksy, and I enjoyed that too because, I, like I said, at the time I was getting into folk music. Word. But what I find interesting is while they're putting out these way different, you know, now they're doing a conceptual album, and now they're touring it, now they're traveling with bands like Me Without You and Say Anything. It's like, oh, cool. Is that sarcasm? Or well, is yeah. That well, it's just not now. Or... Like, they used to be... Well, it'd be like, yeah, sure. If it was 2003, that makes sense to put them together. But now they're just so much more different from these bands. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So the fan base that they're being marketed to was, is was wrong. more likely to reject them. Funny little story, though. I kind of want to go back to VSU. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I probably should have brought this up earlier, but... Uh, the second time I was supposed to see Thrice was at Van's Warp Tour 2005. And I was excited. And it was right before VSU came out. So we didn't really know the songs because they weren't releasing them so early on uh, the internet. 
And they started off playing Image of the Invisible, which was their first single for the album. And about 30 seconds into their set, it starts like the whole sky opens up. It starts like howling. Oh, I, I was like, the whole sky opens up. Jesus, what drugs did <laughs> and you then, do? And then the demon Urtu came down and was like, where is Dristord? And, and Dustin just looks up at him and goes, who the hell do you think you are? You know how much money is supposed to go to the homeless from this? Back off, man. And he's like, you're the one that beat Frogger three times? <laughs> yeah, man, that's us. Worth thrice. Craig was right there in the audience. That's nuts. Yeah, no, what really happened was they canceled the gig and basically Warp Tour like just stopped for the for a little bit and they never went back on. They just concluded with the rest of all the other sets that were set up because Thrice now just missed their chance to play. And I was so mad. Like I was so bummed out. I'm like, great, now uh, uh now New Age Atreyu is coming out and Fucking! I'm not a vampire. What the fuck good is well, that? Well, neither to are me? they anymore. <laughs> it's that new age of Treyu. That that's just like fuck. Oh, cool. What do I got left to look forward to? Hawthorne Heights. Damn it. <laughs> that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Wow, I forgot about that band. Damn it. Never listened to them. No Hawthorne Heights. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never listened to Damn It. Damn It by Blink One Eighty Two. No, the band Damn It. Never heard of them. Okay, me neither. <laughs> I thought you were saying the band Damn It. <laughs> Say that five times fast. The band, damn it. The band, damn it. It's not that difficult. But it sounds like you're saying Van Damme. I can't argue with you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was just kind of a bummer for the rest of the night. So that was my fun little story about never seeing them. Except for that one time. (gasps) That was me reminiscing. I was thinking about like 20 minutes previous in this podcast when I was telling the story. And then in January of 2009, they announced on their website, thrice.net, just saying. Somebody already had the .com. Yeah, apparently. You know who it was? It's the Frogger champion. It was the fucking guy who only beat Frogger twice. (laughs) He's like, fuck you guys. That night, he went home and secured (laughs) thrice.com. That night. He's like, the internet was still new, too. He had foresight. (laughs) He knew this was going to be a big thing, and I'm going to take it away from them. (laughs) Bastards. No, they announced they were going to have a new album coming out. The title of the album was announced in June, and then they kind of just like uh, leaked leaked it out on iTunes August 11th, and eventually in September of 2009, Beggars was released. They released a bunch of Beggars? First they were released No, they just artists. titled the album Beggars. Beggars? With Bag-ers. an A-Z? Oh. You imbecile. Imbecile? I'm trying to do a really bad Rupert Murdoch right now. I'm just not feeling it, honestly. <clears throat> but uh, And they got a couple of songs on Guitar Hero. Uh, uh, all um, the World is Mad. Yeah. So they titled it. So the name of the album was Beggars. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It just sounded like you said Beggars a minute ago, like with an A-Z, like it was a hip-hop oh, thing. whatever. Just don't mind like the way I say diggers. things. That's it's just the way I say things, man, sometimes. I wasn't criticizing. I was asking for clarification. Lazy. Can we move along? <laughs> never. Never. And this album really sounds more adult alternative, I would say, or like a little more rock and roll, maybe. I don't know. It's hard for me to tell, but it, it's not thrice anymore. It's not the thrice I knew. And it's not bad. It's just different. You can tell these people have matured as musicians, and they're now just like doing different music. They're making music they want to make, which... I can fucking respect, man. The point is, they did not sell out. They didn't do it to sell more albums. They did it because this is who they are now. Yeah, totally. If they wanted to sell out, they they would just do their older shit, but with a more Sleeping with Sirens style. Ew. You know, like, no, you know what I'm saying? Ew, I'm, we're talking about <laughs> selling out, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. If they wanted to sell out, that's what they would be doing. They'd be playing to that crowd. Yeah, and I'm glad they're not. And then in 2011, their most recent album called Major Slash Minor came out. And how was that? Honestly, I haven't listened to it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I heard a few other, like their singles that came out, Promises. It sounded just like stuff from Beggars. So okay, I was like, eh, I bought the album. I just haven't listened to it. Oh, I really? I support them. You know, I'll support them in whatever. So you, what, did you buy the CD or digital or uh, Digital. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just haven't listened to it. Respect that, though. That's awesome. 
And then shortly after this album came out, Thrice decides to take a break. They asked Dustin, the singer, and he said, this is not a breakup. We're just taking a break from being a full-time band. You know, some of us want to go visit some family. Just do me, you know. Do I'm just doing me. You do you, Ken's Roo. Right, right. <laughs> so it was, it's not a breakup. It's not a breakup. Yeah, it's not a breakup. And then Dustin Kensru spent some time in the astral plane with his friend Gwen Wavir. Gwen Wavir. Gwen Wavir. <laughs> and his daughter. Shh, don't tell anybody. They went to the astral plane. Yeah. They went to that astral plane. That astral plane. Well, Eddie and Riley, the drummer and the bassist, they were like, we're not done rocking. So Eddie joins Angels and Airwaves in really? 2014. Yeah. He's now their bassist. So there's another little, uh, one of those two degrees of Blink-182, one of the other bands we've done. Did you hear Blink-182 was getting back together, recording a new album, and Tom just fucking quit on him again? Did he really? Yeah. I was talking about this to people. I made a joke. I was like, yeah, he got abducted by aliens again. Well, apparently he is going off on this alien thing again. So Really? I was just kidding, but yeah, right on the nose. Right on the nose, huh? But apparently now Mark and Travis of Blink-182 are doing something with one of the vocalists from Alkaline Trio. Oh, cool. That's cool, because I fucking dig Alkaline Trio. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. So back to Thrice, Riley, Eddie's brother, he wanted to join a band too, and he joined a band called Puig Destroyer. Pubic Destroyer? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to them. No, Puig. Puig Destroyer, which was, uh, they just kind of made a, a jab at Pig Destroyer by putting in the name of one of the Los Angeles Dodgers players in it, whose name is Puig. Oh, I didn't know that. I still probably won't be listening to them. But to be fair, in my well, defense, <laughs> I straight up asked you, Pubic Destroyer? And you said yes. <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> I wasn't listening to you, I don't think. I think I'm you... <laughs> doing a podcast right now. I'm a little distracted. Right. Pubic destroyer, yeah, whatever, buddy. <laughs> Puig, but fear not, everybody, for Thrice is coming back, and they're doing a reunion show this summer at Quebec. I don't know if anybody's seen uh, this huge-ass set list for Amnesia Rock Fest. I have not. You have not? Oh, this June, the, from the 18th to the 21st, in Montebello, Quebec, the Amnesia Rock Fest is happening. So here we got Linkin Park, System of a Down, Slayer, The Offspring, Snoop Dogg, The Pixies, Rob Zombie, The Deftones, Sublime with Rome, Bad Religion, The Refused. Ah, there you go. And you like those guys. Tenacious D, Rancid, Goldfinger, Floggin' Molly, Thrice, Coheed, Story of the Year, Parkway Drive, Fear Factory, Atreyu, Hatebreed, Less Than Jake, Good Riddance, The Bouncing Souls. <sighs> Unwritten Law, Operation Ivy, Ten Foot Pole, Evergreen Terrace, From Autumn to Ashes, First Blood, The Walls of Jericho, Slapshot, Snap Case, Sick of It All, Blind Witness, The Real Mackenzie, Bad Vulture, Overbase, Miracles, and for some reason, uh, Steve-O and Tom Green. There's actually a lot of people on there that I would love to see play. That's really cool. Right? You want to go to Quebec? I always want to go to Canada. We just got to get our updated passport licenses, and we'll be good. So that about wraps it up for this week's topic. If you're a fucking Thrice fan, we hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about your favorite band. And please, tell me if I'm uh, calling out these subgenres wrong. And if you're not a Thrice fan, we hope you go check them out and uh, form your own opinion on them. But we yeah, hope you enjoyed do. the episode anyway. Next week, who I'm fucking excited, man. I've been waiting to do... Wait, wait, shh, shh. If you don't make a move and you don't make a sound, he won't see you. Kanye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He'll let us do a goddamn podcast. I've been waiting so long to do a Jurassic Park episode. And next week isn't just the Jurassic Park episode, because trust me, we've got plenty to draw from from that well. Next week... In honor of the Indominus Rex and the upcoming movie, Jurassic World. Is that what it's called? Yes. That's the crazy hybrid that's going to be in the new Jurassic Park movie. My favorite part's the cuttlefish part. 
We're going to look back at the first attempt to hybridize dinosaurs in the Jurassic Park canon. That's right, next week we're looking at the toy line Jurassic Park Chaos Effect. And this is going to be fucking dope. Dun dun dun! We're also going to talk a little bit about some hybrids that you see in some of the Jurassic Park comics. And I'm sure you won't be able to stop us from talking about Jurassic World. And, and, and that's Chaos Theory. Until next week, please keep up with us. You can go follow us at any of your favorite social media locations. Instagram too now. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Tumblr, Twitter, Twitter. It's Fairpoint Podcast everywhere except for Twitter. It's Fairpoint Pod. We're also on YouTube and you really should check out our YouTube because it's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool shit there. I'm also on YouTube under the account Shaggy the Shaman. All one word, two G's. And sooner or later, we might have another episode of that Pokemon podcast I do on the side, Sylph Radio. Eventually. Yeah, coming out soon. Maybe you can read another comic that's basically the plot of the first episode of Pokemon Indigo League. Pokemon Indigo League, that's what you kids are calling it nowadays. Back in my day, it was just called <laughs> Pokemon, the fucking TV show, bitches. <laughs> Pokemon anime just Pokemon. There was no need to call it anything else because all it was was Pokemon. <laughs> but yeah, if you're a Pokemon fan, go check it out. Um, they don't come out as often because it's hard to even keep up with this one. But the best way to, to keep them coming out and make it easier is to give us support whatever way you can. Go follow us on those social media sites. Go to iTunes or Podbay or wherever it is you get us. Leave a fucking rating. Leave us a review. Hit the subscribe button. Mail us the shirt off your back. That too, please. It's, it's fucking cold in the secret room. Yeah, you know, fuck Syracuse's weather right now. This is too ridiculous. I'm this whole, this winter, fuck this winter. Uh, no, but really though, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. I'm Nathan Kapiser. And I'm Craig the Red Death Lewis. Uh, peace, homies. Awkward.